this, this is a reminder that you are vibrant. You are delicious. You are the beloved heartbeat of the world. Your beauty and your exuberant soul is twinkling so bright that it lights up all 79 of Jupiter's moons. Your smile is so supercalifragilisticexpialidocious that all the planets turn into puddles of bright red blush every time you flash those sexy little icy whites inside your mouth. The trumpets sound. The confetti explodes. The cosmos of love blows a kiss directly to you. Not only are you in love, but you are of love too. You always will be. To infinity and beyond. I'm Heath Armstrong and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon. While your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, make it milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Yo Yo Ah, so happy that you're here And I know this week can feel a a bit heavy, a bit stressful, with all the chaos that leads up to this, interestingly enough, heavy holiday to begin with from origin and, um, you know, when you put families together to celebrate things and it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of chaos. It can be, but it can also be very, very beautiful. Um, if we're real, if we're authentic, if we're if we're showing up. There's a Bob Marley quote that I love. The problem is that people are being hated when they are being real and are being loved when they are fake. And it couldn't be more true now than it was then. I mean, with the onset of the way things work on social media and God, these fucking filters that people use in their faces. Like, if you've ever installed a dating app and seen the amount of people that, like, all of their pictures are clearly filters, and it's it freaks me the fuck out when I see that. It, like, just it, it freaks me out that we have created this illusion of self-image of what we think others want, and therefore cannot remember what we actually truly look like. Um, in in is is a really big problem when we try to learn how to love ourselves again um i love this quote i love this quote the problem is that people are being hated when they are real and are being loved when they are fake i love this quote because it it has changed everything for me across the course of my life there was a time in my life when i was really careful about what i said about the things that i shared about all of the stuff that i thought in my head I was trying to filter thoughts like this isn't mine. This isn't mine. Get it away. Like what, what is this? I wasn't aware that I could pick up collective thoughts. 
I wasn't aware that I could be stronger than I was. And because I was always trying to write things from a, oh no, what, what will they think about me? Fear mindset, which a lot of creatives do. We're always thinking about the outcome of how people are going to react, which is really the opposite of how you want to approach creativity. Um, I never was really able to fully step into my real personality for a while. I would hear things in my head that I thought were unique or funny or beautiful and real and raw, but I would spend years ignoring those types of downloads because I was trying to be careful of what others thought of me. Not being authentic to myself and so therefore was not being authentic with what I was presenting to the world. That's a form of being fake, right? I was modifying myself to fit this mold that I thought the world wanted, but guess what? It didn't fucking work. Nobody truly wants that. We might all pretend like we like the the image of somebody who is putting out a fake portrayal of themselves. Smile, hit the like button, let them know you're thinking of them. But do we truly care about the content that's being presented? Do we truly care about what they are sharing if they're not being authentic? No. We all have this crazy fucking power to be able to pick up on whether something is authentic or not when we're talking to people. You've done it throughout your life. When you get the heebie-jeebies and someone's talking to you and you just know they're full of shit even though there's no basis off of what they're telling you could be fake, you, you have no way of knowing it, but you just get this feeling like this isn't right. Something's off about this. That's your intuition. Now what happens when we're being fake? We modify ourselves to fit these molds that we think the world wants, but guess what? Again, it doesn't work. Our abundance stays small. Our creations stay under the rug. Nobody is interested in any of this shit that we kind of purge out in an attempt to get people to pay attention to us or like us. Do you do it? How often do you do it? Is a better question, I guess, because we all do it. And the craziest thing about this fucked process is we are trying to fit a mold that we think the world wants, but the mold itself is built off of a foundation of everyone else also trying to fit a mold that they think the world wants. It's fucking plastic. This creates a world full of beautiful, unique people who are hiding their true magical selves to engage with the fakeness of other people who are also hiding their beautiful, unique selves. It's like we're just sitting there just wanting to know what's on the other side because we have an intuitive feed that there might be something cool, but in the meantime, we're just dealing with the fakeness and bullshit from that side while also projecting it out of our side as well. Underneath all the plastic on both sides, each individual is deeply longing for another person to show up as their authentic self so that they can then feel comfortable enough to show up in an authentic way too. That's how you find your best friends. That's how you have those kind of ride or die people in your life. It's like no matter what I say or do in my rawest form, if I'm face down, pants down in the bushes with blood and tears all over my face and shitting all over myself, or I'm confident and raging and creating in the best way possible, I know your support's always going to be there for me and vice versa. 
That's because underneath those plastic sides, you have found a bond and connected with somebody else in an authentic, real way. It's an agreement. It's a two-way street. You know, when two beautiful souls collide, who have both defeated the resistance of trying to fit a mold, guess what happens? Rockets launch. Flowers bloom. Creativity flows like waterfalls. Books are written. Life experiences explode. Sexy time prevails. Babies are made in human form, in alien form, in in the form of a canvas, in the form of a book, in the form of creativity of all life. So I'm going to hit some tunes, and then we're going to get into a little bit more just progressing along this this topic of what it means to be authentic. Um, I think it's a really important idea to just reflect on a day like Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving as some would call on a day where we can bring our gratitude out and also mourn the, the, the death side and the shadow side of all of the things that have been sacrificed to be able to be where we're at. What more can we do than honor the world by reflecting our true selves and by loving our true selves? Because in this simple form and in this simple principle, we are able to to kind of unfold like a lotus flower to show the world our true colors, not our fake colors, not the paint that we want everyone to think that we look like, our true colors. Because you can never bond with the authentic real side of the world unless you're willing to meet that authentic real side of the world with your true authentic real side yourself. Remove the plastic altogether. That's where the beauty is. Let's hit some tunes. I'll see you back in a second. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I had taken a road trip down from Nashville to see a band called the Disco Biscuits. God, they will blow your fucking skull off if you listen to them. All real instruments. All real instruments. I don't know what happened to music, but. It has been and can still be good when we're all playing real instruments. But took a road trip down from Nashville with a friend. And this friend also happened to have a massive bulge in his pants. Like one of the biggest bulges that you've ever seen some dude in his pants have. And that's really not relevant to the story, but it's worth noting because, well, I've never seen a bulge like this bulge to this day. Um, in fact, it still just haunts my daydreams and my nightdreams because 
I've never felt like a man since seeing this bulge. But anyway, I was meeting a few of his friends for the first time, a married couple with a really deep, authentic love. And every relationship that I had been into up to that point was really plastic and really fake. And so I instantly started admiring how real these two were with each other. And by real, I mean, just how real do you ask? <laughs> Before arriving to the show, um, John was the guy's name. He he looked over at his wife. And when I say show, I mean like the Disco Biscuits concert that we were going to. He looked over at his wife. Her name's M, And in the most Southern Mississippi, so, sorry, he was from Memphis. Southern Memphis accent possible said like, Baby, what kind of them drugs you want to do tonight? Molly, acid, or blow? And, of course, I'm fucking dumbfounded because what? <laughs> like, we, I guess we're, like, she gets to choose which one of these drugs she wants to do. By the way, I'm not condoning drugs. This is 2006, right? I've made a lot of trans, um, a lot of transitions since then, and I'm not saying that these are the drugs that I was doing, but I don't judge people for what they choose to do, and especially if they do it in a responsible way. Um, and I just put out a three-part podcast series called "How 26 Ways to Get High Without Using Drugs. You can listen to, they came out right before this episode, so go back and check them out. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, but M replied, I don't know. And John then looked with this just, I remember this grin, this like insane grin, and he just said, well then, baby, let's do all three. <laughs> and my head exploded again because the notion of mixing any drugs at all was baffling to me. And I looked over at my friend that had the huge bulge for verification of whether or not I should be worried. And he just nodded like, yeah, it's all cool. They probably have it under control. Just let them do their thing. Well, it wasn't long before I somehow became dosed myself with a I don't know, maybe it was minimal, but it was a very reactive amount of LSD. And I was interacting on, on a new strange plane with, with John and M as they navigated the complex array of whatever the hell they had ingested. And despite their love for party drugs, they were some of the most genuine and hilarious people I had ever engaged with. And it was truly beautiful to watch their relationship and to watch them dance back and forth with each other, not in like the dance at the concert stage, but like the way that their energies dance with each other. It was a beautiful exploration. I still love them both very much today, by the way. But about five hours later, John and M were finally passed out in their bed. There was a lot that happened between then. One, somehow she... I don't know. At one point she like looked over in the middle of the road after the show and then like got in a cab and it took off, but she didn't have her phone. And I wasn't really sure she was coherent enough to talk. And so John was freaking the fuck out because his wife was in some random cab going somewhere where she didn't know where she was going. And anyway, it was a mess. But about five hours later, they were passed out in their bed and the bulge and I were laying on the floor of that hotel room because they were letting us stay in the room. But the the thing was we were sleeping on the floor and we were over by the bathroom door. We were both just laying on this dirty ass hotel floor in Tuscaloosa um, by the bathroom door, kind of blocking the path between the bed and the bathroom door. And we both had a pillow, 
but I don't really recall having a blanket or anything. Maybe, maybe we did. Um, he may have, I don't know. I don't know if my friend rolled up a blanket and used it as an extra pillow, um, for his bulge. And that's why I didn't have one or we just didn't have blankets. I can't quite remember exactly, but if the bulge stole the blanket, fair enough. Cause that thing was massive, but you know, we were wide awake because psychedelics can have that effect for a while. And the bulge started throbbing and it had to go up, you know, it had to get up and go pee. And he went into the bathroom, closing the door and, and, and left me on the floor solo by the bathroom door, just as where we were been laying before the bulge decided that he had to pee. Well, out of nowhere, <laughs> and again, I'm still like a bit uncomfortable with this new couple that we met. I mean, I thought they were amazing, but um, with how loosey goosey they were with experimenting with drugs and things like that. It was just like, what is going on out of nowhere? John got up out of the bed and started stumbling towards the bathroom, like a white zombie right next to where I was laying. And he was so fucked up that he couldn't figure out why the bathroom door was locked. I'm just laying there kind of freaking out, hoping he doesn't notice that I'm awake. And he starts wiggling that handle a few times and he's just wearing his boxers only and he can't get it open. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, he doesn't know. Should I tell him that the bulge is in there? I don't know. I don't really want him to know that I'm awake because he's just, he's been going on these rampages and he's kind of like a zonked out zombie right now. Well, I didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden he pulls his wang out and he starts pissing all over the ground on the outside of the door, right where we were laying, just feet, just a couple feet from where I'm laying. Um, <laughs> I mean, the puddle was huge. It was splashing. It was fucking ridiculous. And after he finished taking his piss, this was the most incredible thing. I'm not saying incredible in, in the overall glamour of it, but just incredible in memories that I'm going to never forget. He <laughs> He finished pissing, and then he took his boxers completely off, bent down and picked them up and then like got in a squatting position like he had just taken a shit which he hadn't and just wiped his ass like from the gooch up his ass to like his lower back with his boxers and then spiked the boxers on the floor into the pile of piss with tenacity like he had just scored a touchdown or something and then stumbled back over to the bed and I'm wigging the fuck out. I'm, I'm wigging out. You know, and like clockwork, <laughs> I'm laughing so hard during this. And I remember like um, I was laughing so hard that I actually pissed myself a little bit. But like clockwork, the bulge opens the door to come back out of the bathroom and he steps directly into this giant pile of piss. And he notices the boxers on the ground and he looks at me and I'm just like, shaking my head, like, don't say anything. And I can't stop laughing. Um, and then he looks towards John and then he looks back at me in disgust because I think he basically put two and two together as to like, somehow this dude came over and pissed on the floor while he was in the bathroom (laughs) and, uh, like rips, you know, pulls his foot up, goes in back in the bathroom. Like, just like, what the fuck? This is disgusting. And, and of course I'm geeking out, I'm geeking out, still feeling the dose, um, 
And yeah, I, I pissed in my pants a little bit. And around the same time that that the bulge laid back down, M woke up as John was getting back in the bed and just says the most direct thing, which is so ridiculous because it's almost like it had happened before. God damn it, John. Did you piss the fucking bed again? To which he replied, No, baby. I didn't piss the bed. I went over by the bathroom. And then it was something like, You fucking disgust me, John. And I know, baby, I know, but we are alive. And now let's get some sleep. And the banter was just a continuation of this agreement that, like, we all fuck up, right? But it's going to be okay. No matter how ridiculous this is, it's somehow it's okay. (laughs) When I got back to Tennessee the next morning, I had to take a final exam in one of my business classes. And I didn't sleep. And I was still having effects from the dose. And the guy next to me, I remember I was in the back row. I barely made it. I don't think I went to barely any of those classes, that class in particular. I don't even remember. The business classes were like, eh. Um, but I remember him looking at me and, and, and saying, yo, bro, like, would it be cool if I uh, copied your test? <laughs> and I simply looked at him and said, like, you have no idea what happened to me last night, but, but sure. I don't think he copied the test because they passed out all alternating uh, tests back then, but I don't know. John and Em are still happily married and I love them to death. They're amazing. Obviously probably not partying hardy in that manner anymore, but it was a fundamental, um, it was a fundamental lesson in my life of of like despite how much you can fuck up with yourself and with other people, you can still love each other. Right? If you honor who you are to yourself and to other people, nothing can stop you from creating a great relationship, whether that be intimate or in networks, in business, whatever. It doesn't matter how many stressors John and M had Um, In their equation, they unconditionally loved and accepted each other, and therefore it worked. A prisoner on death row can be filled with just as much love and happiness as a mega influencer like Tony Robbins. The question is, are you being real with who you are internally and externally? When you strip away the layers of the person you are trying to be, in an attempt to make the plastic world happy, you uncover all of the truth and all of the love and all of the creativity that you will ever need to harness happiness and growth. You find your voice. You water your flower. You unleash your muse. Yeah. So another quote that I love. I understand now that I'm not a mess, but a deeply feeling person in a messy world. I explain that now. When someone asks me why I cry so often, I say, for the same reason I laugh so often, because I'm paying attention. That's Glennon Doyle Melton from The Love Warrior. It's deep. 
for the same reason I laugh so often because I'm paying attention. Allow yourself to fully feel your emotions and do not be afraid to express them to the world. The way that you act around your best friends who see the rawest version of yourself is the way that you should be acting to yourself creatively and to the rest of the world. That's how you get your true, hmm, what's it? What's what's the coming? What's the coming? Um, that's how you find your destiny. That's how you connect with your twin flame. That's how you find all of the opportunities that should be unfolding to get to the highest version of yourself in this trip around the sun, on the earth, through space at 67,000 miles an hour, around this giant ball of fire that is traveling at 490,000 miles per hour through the universe. Your empathy toward yourself and others will attract others who care deeply for you too. Let that beautiful booty shine, yo. Whether you're hearing this today, whether you're hearing it tomorrow, which would be Thanksgiving or sometime in the future, you're here now in this exact moment for a reason. This is colliding with you right now for a reason. You're not late. You haven't arrived late. It's perfect timing. Today, be thankful for yourself. Be thankful for your looks. Be thankful for your heart. Be thankful for your authenticity, for your honesty, for telling the truth. Ramdas says, love everyone and tell the truth. That's it. What else are we here for? What is all this bullshit? I don't have enough time. I can't get enough done. I just need more money. Maybe I'll do it next year when I have more time. What is all this bullshit about? What if we just sat and looked at each other in the eyes around a fire on the ground and said, I love you. I don't care how many times you fucked up. I don't care all the horrible things that you think you've done in your past. I love you. I just love you. That's all. I love you. In that surrender, we can stop trying so fucking hard to figure things out. So around these quote-unquote holidays, or these days of honoring the sacrifices that were made, or these days of gathering and being grateful, around the holidays with your family, and the COVID fuckery, and the government trying to give you unwanted syringes of DNA-altering goo up your anus. <laughs> Remember, it's all love. Don't worry so much about that stuff. It's all love. Everything comes back to love. Some quick things that you can do. Remember, tell the truth. Love yourself. Love everyone else the same. Tell some of them. Call some of them and tell them that you love them. Look at them in the eyes and tell them that you love them. Remove expectations. Visit respect and, and service the outdoors, the natural planet, your mother, you know, because she provides. Surrender and let go. Share your light. 
And of course, throw away your fucking television and your undies. We are not here to conform and be plastic. We're not here for that. It's like the the opening song of, of this podcast. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss so you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. Right? But when you think it gets heavy and some questions arise to dedicate your only soul to the monetary prize, to medicate your heart's whole with a supersized fry, and defy what it means to live and to die? No, hold up. Step back. Take a breath or two. Put your fists in the air and let that blood flow through. And make a pact in this moment of awareness to begin. And live your life as if you had to live it all over again. Live your life as if you had to live it all over again. Live your life as if a rocket lit it. Live your life as if you had to live it all over again. Fuck. Live your life as if you love to live it. Notice the power of simply approaching life with self-love and awareness. Don't get caught up and invest in what other people want you to be. The plastic. Don't spend your life living on other people's terms and doing what they want you to do. If you are free of self-judgment and you hold no value for what others believe, nothing can pierce your happiness bubble. It's all about the way that you view those peaks and valleys of happiness and depression. You know, we're not perfect. We're not all going to be in this euphoric, I feel incredible all the time state of mind. But we can pull ourselves out and look when we're not feeling so good and say, hey, it's not so bad because I'm real and I'm being honest with myself and I love myself and I'm going to do everything I can to shed that blood into the world for others to see and taste and feel so that they can be themselves too more comfortably. When you remove your casing, what value is inside? How healthy is your internal relationship? You got to remember to love and respect yourself. You are the alpha experience. Love and expect everyone love and respect everyone else, but not until you love and respect yourself first. It's important that your energy is supportive of you. So that you can use your grace and your love to shower the rest of the world with with your creative passions and help them do the same. You are unique. When we love our shadows and we love our highs, we can make sure that everything is thriving no matter how shitty it feels. You are a ball of white light expanding infinitely. You were the first spark of the magic red flower pouring like passion out of the molten core burning inside the earth. You were the quench to to an ocean of thirsty whales with hearts bigger than every fucking planet of every solar system of every galaxy combined. If fairy tales are real, 
you probably inked the first line of every single one of them with your blood, with your tears, with your laughs, with your kisses. Your ambition, your magical ambition, your your big ambition, it proves that action lives in color. And on the universal canvas, your palette carves its beauty. Breathe easy, baby. Breathe easy, darling. Breathe easy. There is not a spear of procrastination or fear or resistance or insecurity or evil that can pierce your armor. Find your center. Find your awareness. Where are my marbles? I've lost my marbles. Your marbles are in your pocket. They're not lost. They're in your heart. They're not lost. They're in your booty. They're not lost. Stick a couple of those fingers up that tutor and find them. In the end. In the end. Waldo finds himself. That's all there is to it. Come hang out with me. Let's sit by a fire. Let's look each other in the eyes and let's say, I love you. From me to you, from my fingers against your fingertips, from my forehead against your forward, from my heart, from my forehead against your forehead, from my heart against your heart, sitting somewhere in the leaves and the dirt under the moon, Let's look into the authenticity in each other's eyes and say, I love you. Can we do that with ourselves? Can we do that with the world? I think so. Sending you all of the magic and all of the wishfulness and, and gratitude of the world over the next couple of days and beyond forever. Do something nice for yourself today and tomorrow. Help somebody else and do something nice for them. That's where true gratitude is. Be of service and get all that plastic shit out of the way. Love you. Peace. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Thank you for joining me today. Um, Go check out the sweet-ass affirmations deck. It's at ragecreate.com and on all of the marketplaces, including the corporate overlords, Amazon. But nonetheless, all of it helps support this show. Um, That's it. I don't have anything else. Todd's out getting his asshole fingered somewhere, I'm sure. We'll hear about it on the next episode. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Hope you have a wonderful week, weekend, to infinity and beyond. Big love. Peace.